Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from Ephesians in the fifth chapter, beginning with the eighth verse. If you have your Bibles at home, I invite you to open them and follow along. Also, the words will be up on the screen. Hear the word of God. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of God for the people of God, and the people said, thanks be to God. Amen. You know, when Daryl asked me to preach a few months ago, this is not at all how I imagined that this day would go. I wrote the word preach really big on my calendar, and I began to think and pray about what this day might look like and what word I might bring today. In case you didn't know, this book is pretty big and it is filled with all kinds of things that are worth teaching and studying and proclaiming. And so trying to narrow it down sometimes is really difficult. But finally, I decided that the, the Ephesians passage was one that really spoke to me and I thought it might be something worth sharing. And so began meeting with the different teams from the refuge group and from the traditional worship group and we began to envision how this day would go. But nothing really could have completely prepared me for what then happened last Friday. You know, never in my lifetime have all of the schools in the state shut down except on a well-planned out holiday. Never mind the restaurants and the theaters and even most of our churches. For the first time this week, our calendars, which are generally filled with so much that is happening in our day-to-day lives, from different meetings we have to go to and baseball games and vacations, all of that became kind of useless. In fact, I don't even think I opened my calendar this week, which is really saying a lot because usually my day is pretty scheduled from the time I wake up until the time that I go to bed. You see, we've suddenly left chronos time and seem to have entered pandemic time, which really makes it impossible to plan for more than one day. Will the schools open back up? I don't really know. Will we get to come together and worship as a community in person on Easter? I don't know. 
Will my daughter and the other seniors have an opportunity to walk for graduation? I really don't know. And if I'm honest, this shift has left me feeling a little unsettled and disturbed, and I find myself grieving for all the things that I used to take for granted that I can't even do right now. I can't even take my family and pack them up in the car and head down to my parents' house in Baton Rouge and huddle together for the next couple of weeks because of something else that we learned, and that is the term social distancing. Now I know some of you would say you've been practicing social distancing for years, but really, for most of us, it's a really strange thing. It goes against our instincts and against our practices for many, many years. In social distancing, there is no hugging and no handshakes, no hospital visits. In fact, no interactions with humans outside of the house that you live in unless you're six feet apart. And even that is discouraged. We have been told that we must assume everyone is infected and that we ourselves are infected and therefore we must socially distance ourselves. You know, we can't even gather to grieve for and bury the dead in large groups or to go to the hospitals and welcome a new little one into the world. And in the life of our church, both things could have happened this week. We had a new baby born and we had a member whose mother died. And so now planning that funeral and what that looks like is so challenging. And I get it. I totally get it, and I agree that we do have to create this space. But it is still heavy. We are experiencing, perhaps for the first time in many of our lives, a stripping away of everything except for the very core of who we are. Now I find it interesting that all of this happens during the Christian season known as Lent, when we are in fact actually called to do just that, to allow God to strip away and bring bare all those things that separate us from him so that his light might come into our lives and shine in new and profound ways. And we do this during the season of Lent because it helps us to prepare our hearts and our minds for hearing the story again of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Earlier in Ephesians, Paul put it this way in chapter four, strip off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. But why exactly is this stripping away necessary? Well, I think in part it's because we as human beings like to take shortcuts. We like the easy way We don't want a lot of disruption in our life. And so we often find a way around things and we learn from a very early age how to fake it, if you will, so that we can often have the appearance of holiness without ever really allowing it to deeply penetrate our inner being. 
But though we might be able to adequately fake it, I gotta tell you, God is not fooled. And so a complete stripping away of everything is necessary. Because we don't just deceive each other, but more often than not, we deceive ourselves. We learn how to justify things, how to say that certain things are okay which really are not good for us and not good for our spirit. And so these things have to be stripped away in order for us to understand. This week, God provided a living example of this for me in my life. I took my youngest child, Ryan, who's five years old, out to Lincoln Parish Park, and we went and visited the waterfalls for the first time ever. Now, how I have lived in this area for six years and not visited the waterfall at Lincoln Parish Park, I'm not really sure. I've seen the sign, but I guess I've just never been curious enough to know where it led. But I had to get that five-year-old out of my house, and so we had a little PE in homeschool this week. And so we hiked down, took the stairs down to where the little waterfall is, and there's a creek there. And before I knew it, my son had taken off his shoes, and he was just covered in mud and water and having the best time, which is what a five-year-old boy will do if you allow him to do so. And when it came time for us to go back home, we made a little hike back up the stairs, and we got to the car, and he is still covered in mud and water. So what should I do? Do I just take a set of clean clothes and put them over his muddy clothes and his wet clothes? Of course not, because if I do that, it won't be long before that mud will begin to seep through and it will soil the new clothes as well, and that water will get trapped against his skin, which will cause all kinds of irritation. And so the only thing I could do was strip the boy down, clean him, and then I could put a new set of clothes on him. But let's be honest, I didn't actually have clean clothes in the car, and so I just stripped the boy naked and put him in his car seat, and home we went so that he could take a bath, and then I put new clothes on him. But you get the point. The same is true about sin in our lives. Before we put on the new, we have to strip off old sinful habits and actions. Scripture says we have to strip off lying and anger and evil talk and filthiness. We have to strip off bitterness and hatred and slander and malice, whatever is foul and clammy and is draining in your life, you have to strip it off. Whatever has become an idol must go. You know, a lot of our idols toppled this week. A lot of things that fill our day and normally take our attention away. The things that keep us from our homes physically and mentally, they have been removed temporarily from our lives. And as hard as all of this has been, and as real as the suffering associated with it is, there also seems to be an opportunity for the light of Christ to shine in places it hasn't in a very long time. And because that light is now shining, it's helping us to see some things that maybe we weren't able to see 
or maybe we really didn't want to see about ourselves, about our lives. You know, the noise is quieting down and the voice of Christ can be heard even more clearly than I think it has been able to be heard in so long. And there's something that is comforting about that as we hear anew the promises that never change. There is a message that Christ has for us and it isn't affected by any virus. In fact, we already know because we are people of the resurrection that not even death can hold down the message of God and God's love. Richard Rohr in his devotionals this week wrote this. We are in the midst of a highly teachable moment. There's no doubt that this period will be referred to for the rest of our lifetimes. And we have a chance to go deep and to go broad. Globally, we are in this together. Depth is being forced on us by great suffering, which, as I like to say, always leads to great love. But for God to reach us, we have to allow suffering to wound us And he goes on and he says, we have to ask the deep questions. What is gonna happen to those living in isolated places or for those who don't have health care? Imagine the fragility of the most marginalized of people in prisons, the homeless, or even the people performing necessary services, such as ambulance drivers, nurses, and doctors risking their lives to keep society together. Our feelings of urgency and devastation, he says, are not an exaggeration, but they allow God's presence to hold us and sustain us in a collective prayer and lament. Isn't that a beautiful idea? And I would add that part of how we do this is by remembering that we are light. Isn't that what Paul said? Maybe once we were covered in mud and darkness, but all the former things have been stripped away and are being stripped away in this very moment. And here is the chance, church. Here is the chance for us to be a new creation in Christ. Maybe we have been holding on to things for so long. Maybe it was that we just couldn't see But the light has come. And it's our chance to let the light in again. Even now, I see signs that this is happening. You know, on social media, it has in the last few years become at times a pretty dark place. A lot of name calling and back and forth and false news and a lot of people who were creating these lines about who the enemy was and who the friend was. But In this last week, I've seen some signs of hope there as well. The airwaves have been flooded with people of faith sending light out into the world. All these online Bible studies and devotionals and people calling for prayer and telling these wonderful stories about finding hope in the midst of suffering. Even here locally in our community, I was reading through Facebook and reading some of your posts, and I want to share a few of those. Elizabeth Spates, she wrote, another thing I have been able to do because of quarantine is immerse myself in his word. 
I have countless devotionals that I bought and I started, but I never finished. Something always got in the way, or I couldn't make time. So now, in the mornings, Wesley, Wesley is her son, Wesley and I have a short Bible study. Then later in the day, while he works on his writing, I write in my gratitude journal and prayer book. She never had time before, and now suddenly she's finding this time. Amy Miller, who many of you know, just recently had a baby, shared a story about getting to go for a ride with him outside yesterday, and just how wonderful it was to get to spend that time with him. Jamie Colvin asked us a fun question. She said, since everyone is at home practicing social distancing, share with me your favorite game. And all these people who normally wouldn't respond, responded, and I had this image of people at home with their loved ones playing games. Games that a few days ago, nobody had time for. I also see our churches coming together unable to meet as they normally would, finding new and creative ways to still be the church, it has triggered so much creativity in the faith community. You would be proud just this week, your church who has always been pretty good about being in social online platforms and on TV and on the radio, your church is still being creative. Just this week we launched two online Bible studies We partnered with people who need help getting groceries. We started weekday devotionals. We launched online Sunday school this morning with our youth and next week confirmation will go online as well because the work of Christ continues. Our children had an incredible response to the call to make cards for those in the nursing homes and I got over 70 different cards and they were colorful and beautiful and we laminated those this week and we sent them out and now I have more to send out and I've been getting messages from folks wanting to keep making those cards and so kids, we'd love for you to keep doing that and we'll keep sending that light out into the world. You know, so much around us is out of our control. There's a lot of fear in our world right now. And there is this growing sense that it may get worse before it gets better. And it might. But remember the words from our scripture reading this morning. The fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true So try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. I wonder what it would look like if this week when we find ourselves tempted to focus on the negative, if instead we really began in earnest searching for what was good and right and true, if every day we woke up and we said, well, Lord, you gave me another day on this earth, a day I wasn't guaranteed, even though maybe a week ago I thought I was. But you've given me this day So what might I do with it that is pleasing to you? I said earlier that we had moved out of Kronos time and into pandemic time, but I think I was wrong about that. I think instead maybe we are in Kairos time. You know, Kronos time is where we measure time by the minutes and the days and the weeks and the years, but Kairos time is where we measure life by the moments 
that we have. Moments like getting to go to Lincoln Parish Park for the first time in six years and play in the creeks with my son. Moments like sitting around the table and doing a Bible study or writing in a prayer journal. Moments like coloring a card or coming together with friends on Zoom and other things to laugh and play and pray for one another. Maybe it is that God is calling us in this stripping away to let the light in by understanding that every day, every moment is kairos. It is a gift from God, an opportunity to think differently, to be different, and to be the light in the world. My prayer for you is that wherever you find yourself today, or tomorrow, that you remember you are not alone in this. We will get through this. And when we do, I pray that we hold on to the lessons of faith we have learned during this time. That we are careful about what we add back to our lives and that we never forget that Jesus Christ is present with us here in this place. May you be the light. Let us pray. Gracious God, it is a strange thing to say that even in the midst of very real fear and pain that there is also gratitude. Gratitude for people who are on the front lines serving in beautiful and powerful ways, sacrificing their own health to help others. Gratitude for Kairos time in which we get to experience life in moments and let go of our calendars for a little while. Gratitude that we have food, even if we didn't really appreciate that before. Gratitude for one another and that there will come a time when we will be able to come back together as the body of Christ in physical space. God, may we learn to lean closer to you. May we hold tight to what you are revealing and may we have ears to hear your voice as the noise continues to die down. It is in the powerful, precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.